And it reminds me of how, like, there are people at work who need to see you be gentle in those times where a coworker or a manager isn't very kind to you, or there are people in your family who receive the least of you in times where they need you to be patient, or their friends who need you to be compassionate, even though they aren't a very present friend to you, and you choose to rest at a time like this. E, you choose to rest in your pride when people need you the most. Ooh, y'all, that got me. That one got me. (laughs) But let's keep reading, y'all. In verse 8 through 17, it reads, Why has this awful storm come down on us, they demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know this terrible storm is all my fault. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to land. But the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. They cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. Oh, Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin, and don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh, Lord, you have sent the storm upon us for your own good reasons. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Now the Lord had arranged a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. All right, y'all, so let's run it back. So at first they were grabbing cargo and throwing it overboard to lighten the ship because it was about to break. And it reminded me of how task-focused I get when all I need to do is surrender. It's like I'm in the middle of a storm or situation and I start throwing things out in hopes that it'll keep me from sinking. Okay, God, I'm going to buckle down on my prayer life and I'm going to pray every single day for three hours straight. Okay, and uh, what, what else can I do? Um, and, and I'm, and I'm going to isolate myself. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to isolate myself and throw out that person and those friends because you know what? They're just a distraction anyway. Yeah, that'll lighten my ship. That'll do it. When in reality, the culprit, it's me. I'm the one that needs to be thrown overboard. And it made me wonder, if Jonah didn't expose himself, would they have all drowned? It really showed me that God has to expose those prideful areas so I can see it's not just me on this ship. But the crazy part is, when Jonah was thrown overboard, not only did the storm stop, but the people got to see God's power and vow to serve him because of it. Pride says, girl, keep that to yourself. Whatever you're dealing with, you need to deal with that in private. You don't want to embarrass yourself, do you? But God's grace was shown in the midst of Jonah's surrender. Do you know what type of honesty that takes? Jonah literally had to tell those people to throw him overboard into the deepest of the sea. Jonah was probably terrified, y'all. He was probably sick to his stomach because he didn't know if he would live. He didn't know if he would die. But God, being as merciful as he is, he sent a fish. (laughs) So now let's go to chapter 2, verse 6 through 10. And it reads, I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord my God, 
snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their back on all God's mercies, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. So Jonah had to come to a point where he realized his salvation comes from nothing else but God. And honestly, that's easier said than done because there has been so many times where I felt as though my pride was more sufficient and more efficient because I was able to get immediate results. It felt better. And it doesn't always have to be through quote unquote bad things either. And that's why pride is such a good chameleon because I caught myself filling up on good Christian chores to secure my salvation. Well, you know, I encouraged somebody today, you know, and I read my Bible all week. And on top of that, I've been celibate. And I began to attach where my grace comes from to what I did in the process. And the thing is, sometimes it was unintentional. It wasn't always intentional. I was so used to being in a position where I felt like I needed to do something in order to be validated, acknowledged, and even loved. And I'm going to be very honest from where that comes from. It came from me having to earn acknowledgement from my biological father. And my thought process went a lot like this. So it's like, if you want to be heard or acknowledged, then you need not to say the wrong thing. Or, well, maybe if you had more accolades, then he'll regret the abuse. Or maybe if you faked your healing and pretend that you're all right, then at least you'll be seen. But through Jonah's story, God showed me that I don't have to pridefully fake humility through self-neglect and treating people like Christian chores to be seen or saved. My pride tells me I need to do more. I need to fix myself through spiritual maturity. But my more isn't what saved me. My more should have been a response to his love with his help. My salvation comes from God alone. So now after the fish spit Jonah out, God spoke to Jonah again and told him to go to the city of Nineveh and deliver the message. So Jonah was like, okay, okay, bet I got you. So this time he goes to the city and he yells, hey, y'all, in about mm, 40 days or so, Nineveh will be destroyed. Like y'all are done done. Y'all are toast. And once the people of Nineveh heard him, baby, they were shook. So they all fasted and wore garments of mourning and prayed to the Lord. When God saw what they had done and how they put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and didn't carry out the destruction he had threatened. The change of plans really upset Jonah and he became angry. In chapter 4, verse 2 through 10, it reads, So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn your back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. The Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there, and soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But God also arranged for a worm 
The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. And as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Now, this part really exposed me because sometimes I want God to be prideful just like me. When I don't want to feel like I'm wrong, I would rather see people get their deserved punishment to ease my own ego rather than to see God get his glory. Here goes pride again, y'all, being a chameleon. Because my pride oftentimes disguised itself as humility. And I really had to sit and think to myself like, now why would pride want to be humility? And it took me a long while to figure out that pride disguises itself as humility to redirect glory. So, okay, here's an example. It's like, look at me like I'm being the bigger person. So let me add a be blessed at the end of this message to make it seem like I'm okay with the situation. But in reality, all I want to do is fake humility. And because I'm more interested in my own pride than love, glory is misplaced. And because glory is misplaced, so is my healing. You know how some people say medicines don't really cure you, it just masks the symptoms? Pride may numb the pain a bit, but it isn't a cure to my healing. Even when I do feel embarrassed or hurt or belittled, Pride doesn't know love, so how can it know healing? It doesn't. It just masks. It just buries. And all the while, I'm still sick. I thought my pride was my plant that kept me covered. So when my pride is violated, I become upset because I think I have nothing else to lean on. But because that pride isn't my source, it's going to come quick and it's going to die quick. So when I got to the last verse where God says, but Nineveh, has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals, should not feel sorry for such a great city? I was like, okay, <laughs> that's it? Like, where's the rest? What happened to Jonah? What happened to the city? This was quite an epic cliffhanger, honestly. But then I thought, 120,000 people, that's a lot of people. Like, a lot, a lot. And it showed me that pride saves self, but love saves everybody. Now, Jonah was a person who got the message and the instruction from God. And even though he heard from God, he was still in need of the exact same grace as the people who were living in spiritual darkness. And Jonah really had the audacity to be upset. Pride has a way of puffing up your chest as if Jonah wasn't just in Bikini Bottom. Chilling in Pearl Stomach, child. His pride was only interested in saving himself. Pride tends to only have room for one. But God's never-ending well, see what I did there? Well, well, well the animal, well the water source? No? Okay, okay. <laughs> but God's never-ending well of compassion, grace, and mercy was enough for them all. And is still enough for us all. Well, y'all, that was so dope. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode on even a little pride is too much, honey. 
Please like, share, and subscribe, and until we meet again.